Welcome back to the Shaking Not Scared podcast and the second episode of our Shots of Horror mini-sode series. These shorter episodes will dive into the lore behind some of the movies we've covered, horrifying stories we've encountered, and just anything outright creepy. Here with you as always, your hosts Eric and Vivi, and our loving guests, Brenda and Francisco. Woo! Not hey. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about El Dia de los Muertos and the Island of the Dolls. But before we get into that, how is everyone? Guess first. Pretty great. Pretty excited. Super excited. Halloween's coming. So, you know, creepy stuff. Yeah, you guys are throwing a party, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Sick. Yeah. That's what, exciting. What are you guys dressing up as? The Black Plague Doctor, the one with the like beak. And I will be Joe Goldberg from you. Oh. That should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty easy costume, though. Yeah, what does that look like? I don't watch that show baseball cat (laughs) (laughs) very very simple very straightforward what about you guys so we are also going to a halloween party unfortunately it's not your guys's halloween party because we can't fly in for an evening (laughs) we are going to be a pair of chanclas because we have an inanimate object halloween party by the time this comes out we'll have pictures so we'll post them so people can see us be chanclas voladoras yeah we still gotta make a costume so that should be fun i saw the invitation for that halloween party pretty great if you ask me we didn't get one for Francisco and Brenda's party. Oh, we didn't. We did invite you though. So (laughs) we're not as talented as Daryl and Ellen. So (laughs) I could help you guys make the invite and then you guys could pretend to send it to me. Yeah. You guys are gonna need help with that keg. No, Brenda's (laughs) doing keg stands. Yeah. Oh, and I just want to say happy anniversary beforehand because it's almost there. Yeah. (laughs) I think they're the first ones to tell us happy anniversary, right? I think so. Happy anniversary on the second one. crushing it over here this was supposed to be a full episode we were trying to do a movie i had looked for the movie lady of the dead if people have us on twitter i mentioned that we were going to be the first ones to review it on imdb and we couldn't find it anywhere so then i ended up recommending we do some old mexican horror films like i'm talking classic 30s and 50s but then we talked about whether people would even care because they're so old and so unknown to americans that people just wouldn't listen to the episode we ended up looking for something else and landed on mexico barbaro or barbara Mexico. That is an anthology of eight films directed by a bunch of different directors, including Gigi Saul Guerrero, which some people know as La Muñeca del Terror. I don't know if you guys want to talk about it. Yeah, so I don't like to shit on things. I think we've mentioned that on the show before. We're not here to just talk crap about movies we see. We went into this excited. We thought it was going to be awesome to showcase Mexican directors, and we saw some of the strangest films ever, to the point where we were halfway taking notes, and I put my notebook down and was like we cannot cover this movie not to say that like people shouldn't go watch whatever they want but it's embarrassing some of the directors are well known one of them apparently created the similars or los parecidos which is apparently a well-known horror movie and he's the one who created the short i think was probably the most horrible most disturbing to say the least we turned it off and I was like, so what fruit basket do we send Brenda and Francisco to apologize? <laughs> and their friend watch this. who visited. Yes, and they have a friend visiting who they also made watch this. Who now <laughs> what was the title of that short one? Was it like Lo Mas Preciado or something? La Cosa Mas Preciada. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that one's the one that was mm-hmm. just out there spoiler alert if you are gonna go watch it there's Which one do guy not recommend you do Just yeah. can't stress that enough <laughs> the one guy's like these things only take objects they don't take people unless she has something they want and the entire short is about her losing her virginity it could have ended there yeah and a lot of these films dealt with a lot of sexual violence it could be lost on us right don't know if that's meant to be a commentary in the things that are currently going on we're not saying because you know when you say oh don't watch this it's disgusting it disturbed me people are like oh I'm gonna go check it out we are genuinely saying don't do that 
Because I could say like Hereditary fucked me up, but you could still go watch it. The last short, which is by Gigi Saul Guerrero. I sound like a Gigi fan. Yeah. Fan <laughs> I mean, she, she makes cool stuff. She but does she, a lot of Day of the Dead stuff. Yeah, she made the last one. I don't know if you guys ended up watching it, but I would say that if you are going to check it out, just watch that one. And maybe like the first two. Maybe. I remember watching them. And then I turned around to Francisco and I was like, have Baby and Eric watched this already? I'm a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should have responded and been like, yeah, we love it. It's like great. It's great, right? <laughs> 10 out of 10. Friendship over. They never speak to us again. So what do you guys think? <laughs> Do you love it? <laughs> but yeah, from what Bibi was saying, I think it is like Mexico Barbaro, I think it's trying to depict the barbarities that are happening in the country, which I do believe are happening, like all that sexual violence. But oh, that's a lot to stomach in one sitting. A lot of these directors were men as well. And you can tell in their treatment of women. Oh, again, our culture is super machista and that could be part of it. But overall... We apologize again <laughs> for making you watch this. We might not even say we talked about this in our posts. What did you guys think about the last one, at least? We actually did not get a chance to watch it. The story is basically about a strip club run by a woman, and all the dancers are dressed as Katrinas. It's the Day of the Dead. They enact revenge on all the patrons in the bar, so it's kind of fun. That could have been the yeah. whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> say vengeance and I'm there. <laughs> I think and I want to watch that one. We have so many like lores and fairy tales that you could have went with, and I don't really see any of them here, which mm-hmm. is why we're going to talk about some. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we didn't choose the old school Mexican horror films because they're not very well known. They're in black and white, but they have the same charm and value as the old classic horror films we love, like Frankenstein, The Wolfman, The Mummy. You know, we're a podcast of Hispanic hosts, and it'd be kind of cool to see what those old horror movies look like. So as a listener, if you'd like to hear us cover those and don't really care if they're unknown, let us know. It seems like Brenda wanted to watch one of them. The reason I wanted to watch that was because Luis, the person that's visiting us, he's younger than our old selves. And he actually knew what that film was about and he said it was good so i think there is some interest out there and maybe you guys can be the ones that cover that damn we fucked up <laughs> sorry okay it's okay <laughs> actually did you read the book macario no i'm wondering if the movie is based on the book i'm interested in watching that one too that one in those monjes there's a la llorona one but i was like we'll wait on that we've done that a couple times but by americans so it might be better yeah there's also another la lorena that is <laughs> on shutter it's supposed to be way better than the warren universe one maybe we should also cover it yeah we should before we dive in if you guys are good on that i mean we might not be good yet but we will (laughs) eventually You were getting the bill from my therapist. I thought our therapists were Francisco and Brenda, and oh, I traumatized no. them. Well, we can start with drinks, I guess, at this point, to start working on that therapy. <laughs> yeah. Let's start drinking. What drink do we have today? I actually was looking up a few Day of the Dead drinks. Turns out Patron has a whole page dedicated to special drinks for that day. I kind of picked one that I thought Brenda and Francisco might have all the ingredients to already. It's called a Marigold Moscow Mule, and it reminded me a little bit of a Paloma, so I added grapefruit juice to ours to make it more like it. It mainly has a silver tequila, St. Germain, fresh lime, and ginger beer. What makes it related to the Los Muertos? Is it the marigolds? St. Germain's is a flower liqueur. The flower typically used in Day of the Dead is marigolds. Is that the same as Simpasuchil? I think it might be. Oh, yeah, it is. It says the Aztec marigold, Mexican marigold, is Simpasuchil. It's a species of a flowering plant. So, yeah, it's the same thing. Confirmed. Awesome. Thank you, our resident lawyer, Brenda. (laughs) (laughs) So you say you added grapefruit? 
Yeah, just to make it closer to uh, Paloma. Ah, interesting. I'll have to try that. Are we rating drinks? We can rate them. Starting with our guests. This is my type of drink, so I'm a little biased. I will give it a 4.5 because it does remind me like a Paloma, but like it's cousin. It's really good. I really like it. I like the ginger aspect. I don't think I've ever had ginger with tequila and like lime. I like the combination of it. I'm going to say four. I can definitely see how the grapefruit can kind of amplify it a little bit more. You're right. I've never had ginger beer and tequila before together. It actually works pretty well. I also really like it. I'm going to give it a four. This is a good drink. You're also giving you a four? I'm giving it a four too, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so hard oh. to get Eric to agree. What? No. Wow. Oh, Eric wow. gave a four. <laughs> yeah, because it's refreshing. That's what gives it a good score for me. And it's not overly sweet. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's Eric approved in the sweetness. Yeah. <laughs> but if we're ready to dive in, again, we're here for Dia de los Muertos. So I brought some facts about the history and why we celebrate it. Dia de los Muertos, or the Day of the Dead, it's a tradition that has been celebrated for hundreds of years. The first and second of November, we celebrate those who have passed away by creating an altar or ofrenda, where different items enjoyed by those who have passed are placed, including their favorite food and drinks. The altar can be decorated in any way desired, but will typically include flowers, specifically sempasuchil, or a type of marigold, candles to illuminate the path of the dead, candies, sugar skulls, which represent our dead loved ones, pan de muerto, water signifying the purity of the soul while helping quench their thirst because the journey back to the land of the living is long, and papel picado. Those are just some things that you will see on an altar but honestly you could probably put a lot we put a bunch of bottles of tequila on my dad's altar some people include like steps there's like a layer to the ofrenda the steps usually three are meant to symbolize el infierno el purgatorio and la gloria like the end all be all usually you put the fruit first at the bottom part in the middle the food then at the top you put the pictures or like saints or whatever you want to put in there we don't have steps on ours i would love to make one of those huge beautiful ones that you see pictures of all the time but we just don't have the space here right now. Like the Maybe. ones in Coco? Yeah. The ones in Coco. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that Disney wanted to call Coco Dia de los Muertos? I think they did something about like trying to petition for a right to the whole Dia de the los whole... Muertos. Yes. Yeah, you can't I do I did that. hear about this and I was like, what is your problem, Disney? I know you already own like half the world, but you can't own a fucking holiday. <laughs> that is not even yours. Like, relax. <laughs> Mickey wants it all. <laughs> so apparently people like particularly in mexico were not too thrilled about that so they were like pretty upset i wonder why so that's why disney ended up calling the film coco instead of like dia de los muertos which is how can you try to own an entire tradition they could have owned like the english one day of the dead but then maybe jorge romero would have gone against them that's true So celebration of El Dia de los Muertos predates the Spanish colonization of the Americas and can be traced back to cultures including the Totonaca, Mexica, Purepecha, and Mayas. History shows that offerings were made to death around the last week of October into the first week of November. Death was seen as the first step on the voyage to Mictlan, or the land of the dead. The soul has to undergo several obstacles before confronting, and I'm going to try to pronounce these correctly, but Mictlantecutli, the king of the dead, and Mictatecasihuatl, the queen of the dead. In order to be let into Mictlan by the gods, you had to make an offering to rest in peace. What is an offering to the gods that you take when you're dead? Do you take the stuff that you were wearing? Do you take something with you? A vast 
knowledge of cocktails and horror movies. If there's anything I've learned from corridos in Spanish is that the only thing you take with you is un puño de tierra. So. <laughs> very true, very true. So the souls in Mictlan are divided depending on how they died. If you died from natural causes, then Mictlan was generally where you would go. If you were a warrior who died in battle, you would go to Tonatiu Ican. All innocent souls, including those of children, would go to Tonasateucutli. Once the Spanish arrived and pushed Catholicism onto the indigenous people, the 1st and 2nd of November were turned into El Dia de Todos los Santos y Fieles Difuntos, or All Souls Day, coinciding with the original celebrations for death resulting in a combination of the two. All in all, the Day of the Dead is meant to celebrate both the dead and the living, showing that there is a thin line between the two. So it was believed for you to start that afterlife journey, you have to separate your soul from your physical body. In order to do that, there was this diosa de la tierra called Tlaltecucli. She was the one that was in charge of devouring your body and take out your blood from your body. But in order for her to do that, you had to be in her domain, like in the earth. There's a theory that that's why people started burying the dead ones. So your soul can finally be free and start this journey towards the afterlife. The story of Mictlan and what comes after you die might not have come until after Catholicism started to sort of put its hands into the culture of the indigenous folks, where the indigenous folks didn't really believe in heaven or hell. It was just kind of like you, you go and you go. But this additional story to the Lord came about after the introduction of the inferno or hell there wasn't this thought of you know hell and heaven you're rewarded for what you do it was more like how you mentioned where you end up is based on how you died i still like that better than even just what catholicism teaches where kids who aren't baptized go straight to hell like i'd rather they're innocent and they don't deserve bad they go here yeah i agree with that i've never liked that honestly i wish they taught us this instead of making us go to catholic school but that's personal <laughs> so i think what's an issue and with the other los muertos i didn't really celebrate it until the last five years since my dad passed before that it's not that we just didn't know it existed we never had anybody close enough pass away i guess to merit making an altar my family would teach us this didn't really do it but my mom always talks about her grandma and her parents and like waking up in the middle of the night to start cleaning the streets because we had to make way for the dead people who are showing up soon and then we'd walk up to the pantheon my mom's probably gonna yell at me because she's like that's not how the story goes yeah but we spend the night in the middle of the night so like the reason we say the first and the second is it's overnight you're there from the night of the first all the way up into the morning of the second. All this to say that unless it's taught to us, we really don't know much about our culture. Like all these names that I've trouble saying, it's like, I wish I knew as much about this as I do about Greek gods and Egyptian yeah, gods. Right. They're not covered in school ever. You do cover Greek gods. You do cover European mythology. But like, at least I never got to cover Mexican anything or Latino anything. Even like the African-American part of history was breezed through like in two minutes. And that's it. That is upsetting. I think I saw somewhere that in recent years, the celebration of Day of the Dead has become more popular in the United States. And I think it could be that thing of people trying to connect with their roots lately in a way that we haven't been able to in the past. Or we're tired of learning about the Greek gods, the Egyptian gods, and not knowing anything about our own. And I think recently UNESCO, I guess this entity, actually recognized the Day of the Death and all its celebrations. In Mexico, they still do a lot of the things that back in the day you would do, like in those rural towns. And it has been recognized as something so historic that's something that's very important for humanity have you guys celebrated our families do my mom always does the ofrenda we as a couple have not yet done our own ofrenda but i know my mom does
us. I don't know if Francisco's mom does, but we, we do celebrate it. Not as much. In Mexico, it was something that I was kind of brought up with a little bit more, like more of the traditional stuff that you would do in Mexico. A lot of the traditional holidays, like Reyes Magos type of thing. So we did do that over there. I remember going to the cemetery with like my family to visit my great grandfather. I was like four years old, so I barely remember that. But when we got here, I feel like a lot of that fell off. Like we didn't really maintain that tradition for Day of the Dead. But like Brenda said, I think we really want to kind of bring that back ourselves maybe even with our families because i know on my side of the family they do try to bring this back a little bit but even just between brenda and i we can definitely do that and we've been wanting to reignite that tradition ourselves here quick question was day of the dead that holiday that the dude on the bicycle almost killed you that was reyes magos ah. <laughs> it was a parade they were coming you know with the elephant and stuff and i was like hey i'm excited and yeah i almost got killed and then you were going to celebrate on the day of the dead yeah as long as this guy wasn't <laughs> that was my plan the whole as time as long as he died like more than a month before the celebrations you were gonna be put in the altar but apparently like if you die like within a month of the celebrations you're not supposed to be put in the altar because it is assumed that you didn't have time to ask for permission to come back and be with your family there's a 30-day grace period when you first enter that job i mean there's paperwork i gotta do in the afterlife yeah you don't get your benefits till after you pass probation exactly exactly i don't know if like you guys ran into the things the death have to do according to like the aztecas or the mexicans like after you die but that's intense like the first one apparently after you die you have to pass this river it's called it's quinclan and you have to be able to navigate the river but obviously you can't do it on your own you're supposed to get help the help that you can get is from it's called cholo squinkle which is kind of like a dog but during your life if you were bad to animals this cholo squinkles were like nah i'm not gonna help you pass bro you were pretty shitty to like the animals so <laughs> you're kind of screwed at the first level if i had to ask a person for help uh-uh, i'm screwed if i have to ask a dog for help i'm gonna be okay give me loki he's gonna say gonna be nah. loki. he's gonna be like you could have given me more treats <laughs> we can go into detail about all the levels that you have to go through because they're intense. Did you take down notes on all of them? Yeah, but they're intense. We can do a part two if anyone's interested, but it's intense. It's crazy to me. I'm like, man, like, what if I lived a hard life and then I have to do all this extra stuff to finally reach eternity? That's that's sad. I'm just gonna go take a nap. It's not even, it's fine. She'll stay at level one. It's fine. I'll stay with the dogs. Is there a time limit? You know, I imagine if it's one like... Month. Oh, <laughs> I can't imagine dying and they're like, all right, so this is all you're gonna have to do. And you're just sitting there like, all right, well, how long do I have? And they're like, well, you're dead. So forever, I guess. And you're just like, all right, well, I'll just take my time. Cool. The biggest procrastinator ever. <laughs> just leave it like, ah, you know, I'll get to it. In one of the sections, like you have to cross through these two mountains, but these two mountains like crash into each other. So you have to pass between them. And if you don't time it right, they're gonna crush you. And then you're just gonna disappear forever. Like your soul, everything's just gone. I'm like, that doesn't sound like fun. Too high stakes <laughs> again i would just stay with the dogs yeah i would just stay in level one i'm actually enjoying myself here you're the reason that no one else is getting passed because you're hanging out with the dogs distracting them <laughs> <laughs> from 2021 to 2031 there was just a period where no souls were coming to miklan because somebody was distracting the dogs i like how you're saying that francisco's gonna die this year <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Thanks for the good wishes. <laughs> Apparently, there's some levels that the winds are so high and so strong that, like, if you're not careful, you can be pushed back to a lower level. I'm like, oh, you guys man. are just too much. This is like Super Mario. Francisco's gonna get try to get caught in the winds to go back to the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Oh, oops. Oh, no. Oh, no. My time limit starts all over again. I have another month to spend here. 
So fun fact, La Catrina is a very popular symbol seen during celebrations, but her origin has nothing to do with the Day of the Dead. She was actually created by Jose Guadalupe Posada, who used her image in several texts to describe the Mexican government in the late 1800s, saying, quote, death is democratic, seeing as at the end of the day, white, black, rich, or poor, everyone ends up becoming a skeleton. I think I do remember hearing something about that, how it was a political drawing. The skeletal figures that he drew, they serve to remind Mexicans, for example, death brought by popular revolt towards like whoever is in power will level even the most extreme like social hierarchy because at the end of the day we're all going to be bones it just equalizes everyone social hierarchy doesn't matter when you're dead that's crazy because it's turned into such a like colorful costume now i bet a lot of people don't know that no it's almost like the art itself has become an altar where you almost emulate the sugar skulls and all the colors that come from dia de los muertos so it's easy i think to just put the symbol next to that day even though it's not officially declared to be connected yeah well do you want to talk about the island of the dolls it's not a random pick it was actually one of the shorts that we didn't watch we started it but i was like fuck it let's just talk about the actual lore behind that island did you guys get to that one we did yes we only saw half of it i actually found that one interesting was it relaxing compared to the rest it was relaxing (laughs) (laughs) all right so i only did a super quick summary because i think it's a pretty well-known story if it doesn't make sense just tell me the island of the dolls or La Isla de las Muñecas is the story of the world's most unlikely tourist attraction located in the canals of Xochimilco, <laughs> south of the center of Mexico City. As its name would suggest, one of the islands on the canal is home to over a hundred dolls of all shapes, colors, and sizes and various stages of decay. The dolls adorn the island's tree line and have garnished attention not only for being a peculiar sight, but for their potentially paranormal origin. It begins with the story of Don Julian Santa Barrera, a man who decided to leave his wife and children to live a life of solitude off one of the islands in the canal. His reasons for leaving are unclear, which has led people to speculate that he was not of sound mind. According to the legend, one day Don Julian came across the body of a drowned girl near the shore of the canal. A few days after the incident, a doll washed up on the shore near the location where he discovered the body. It is said that in order to appease the spirit of the deceased girl, Don Julian hung the doll on one of the trees off the island. But he soon felt that this was not enough to appease the poor girl's spirit. And over the course of 50 years, Don Julian would continue to hang dolls throughout the island. He kept this up up until his death in 2001, when unfortunately his body was discovered drowned in the exact same canal where he found the drowned girl over 50 years ago. Now there are many who believe that Don Julian never discovered the corpse of a drowned girl and that this is just the sad story of a man who was left in solitude with unchecked mental illness on an island. However, many tourists who visit the island are not discouraged by this news. The story was real to Don Julian and shaped his life devotion to the island and even his death. What attracts others to the island is the possibility that the spirit of the little girl is still not satisfied with the many offerings. It is said that the dolls often whisper to each other and to guests, as well as move their heads and blink, especially at night. No, thank you. (laughs) To this day, many tourists honor Don Julian and the spirit of the drowned girl, real or imagined, by continuing to add dolls to the island. My cousin said that in recent years, back when we went to Mexico in maybe 2019, in the island, they hosted a lot of like horror movies and that a lot of her friends did it and they I think invited her and that's when we started talking about this island I was like that sounds like fun but maybe not so much (laughs) did they experience anything when they went no I think she was going to go soon or wanted to go that's why she was talking about it but I'm like it sounds like fun but being stuck somewhere like what if there's like 
crazy people that start hurting each other. I don't know. I always imagine worst case scenario. I'm not sure. I think the worst case scenario for me would be that the dolls come to life and start murdering everyone. <laughs> you hate dolls. I hate dolls so much. I think that's why this island would creep me. Like, I would want to go because it scares me so much. But also, if they start talking to me, I'm swimming. What they should do is take <laughs> Annabelle and Robert and see if something happens. Just like the culmination of dolls there. Just fighting amongst dolls. That is horrifying. <laughs> Annabelle becomes a leader and she just draws up a plan to take over the world with them. And then the other feasible. dolls are like, what's with your white savior complex? We were doing fine without you. you know? <laughs> I don't know what it's about dolls and like duendes because I know somewhere in Mexico oh, there's also a duendes. place where there's a lot of duendes. Like a lot of duendes. I don't know. Both of them just creep me out. Oh man, I hate all those early YouTube videos that were so popular of the little duendes running across the kitchen and in the streets. I actually bought a duende like in Mexico and we were told like you need to take care of it, you need to lay milk in front of the duende. If you don't, then they're gonna be mad, you will regret it. And I was like, right, okay, I'll do that. I'll take care of my duende, I'll put milk. And there's different types of duendes. Some said like this is for wisdom, this is to help you with school or this is for health but yeah i don't know where my duende is so i I don't know this girl (laughs) he's like your tamagotchi you forgot to feed it and it's dead now coming back to haunt you it's coming for her (laughs) this is why i'm dying in 2021 guys (laughs) (laughs) the duende the one i had in her forehead sometimes you could see a crease but sometimes the crease wasn't there i was just a little bit like maybe i'm imagining things but like when that happened on more than three occasions i think that's when i started getting a little bit afraid of having a duende and i think that's why i slowly started not putting milk anymore and now i don't know where that duende is if it's dead you could probably make it an altar and then start feeding it in the afterlife (laughs) still taking care of you guy you know brenda what if this is why you have headaches Oh no. The crease was the headaches and you were supposed to give it more milk and you didn't. And some cremita for its wrinkles. I should really ask my mom where my duende is. You should. How many doctors have told you you have nothing before? It's so the duende. Many. It's the duende. Ma'am, you have a duende. I don't know how to tell you this. That's the first thing the doctors in Mexico tell her. <laughs> that is the cause of all your issues, all bro. Your problems. There was a duende here right before you that had a crease on its forehead. Maybe that's what's going on. They did say they were with a Brenda, so. Uh, uh, yikes. Yeah, you're going to get me killed. Yeah, I'll keep you posted if I find my duende. Please do. When you do, we'll do a follow-up episode and talk about it. And that's when all my headaches stopped. (laughs) I got a promotion. We won a house for some reason. You know, like things just started looking up. And then you can write a BuzzFeed article about like the new trend in getting rid of your migraines is getting a duende. It's not crystals. It's duendes. (laughs) All of a sudden, she's like a crazy like uh, influencer with the duendes. (laughs) No duende, not Brenda. <laughs> oh, this is this is my uh, my caretaker. She just manages my accounts. Can you update my Instagram really quick, Brenda, please? <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Well, is that all we got for today? The last thing I just wanted to say was with the whole Halloween thing. I remember growing up in Mexico, and like I don't think Halloween back when I was a kid, and I don't think it was that long ago. Just FYI, it was just you know, <laughs> like two weeks ago. Halloween wasn't really a 
thing for me. What I grew up knowing in Mexico was pedir calaverita. And that was more like food or like fruit, stuff like that. And apparently it's like from a legend, like this kid that didn't have food or money to put food on the altar for his dead relatives would go outside to ask for like donations so he could pay tribute to his dead ones. Long story short, like now that like Halloween, based on what I have seen in Mexico recently, it's more of a thing there as well, dressing up and asking for candy. And at first people used to be concerned to be like, oh my God, the cultural aspects of Dia de los Muertos is going to be lost because of Halloween, the influence of the United States. But it seems like now Halloween and Dia de los Muertos are just coexisting, complementing each other instead of like shadowing each other. That's kind of how it exists in our household. I always struggle with being like, all right, we got to do creepy stuff, but also we got to put the altar up, you know? <laughs> it's totally cool to celebrate both. If anything, it's double the celebrating. I just hope it stays like that, like the coexistence, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I did see some articles that Vivi shared with me that talk about the different days leading up to the second. So on the 28th, you're supposed to put the first candle lit up and a white flower to receive the lost souls. The 29th is you light the candle and put out a case of water for those who are abandoned and forgotten. I found somewhere that like October 28th, it's for people that like violently died or were assassinated or were victims of like a violent death. October 29th is people that died because of like water. Either they drowned or anything related to water. October 30th to the 31st is like people that died without being baptized. And then November 1, children. November 2, like the adults. So there's a meaning behind each day for who's being celebrated. That's yeah. cool. This one kind of describes things that you add to the altar too for those different folks. So there's different ways, I think, to celebrate it. Honestly, I don't know that there's anyone out there kind of gatekeeping how to celebrate Day yeah. of the Dead. So See, there's <laughs> yeah. no wrong. There's no right. As long as I'll accept that one. job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, is that all we got? I think so. Thanks to Brenda and Francisco for joining us. Thanks for enduring that damn movie. Oh my God. <laughs> Our apology package will be sent out soon <laughs> thank you guys so much for having us it's always really fun time it's fun last time we asked if you guys wanted us to plug anything you guys said no yeah yeah <laughs> i've been trying to start a podcast based on like latino history and stuff but i've been a little busy with live so can't plug that yet but <laughs> i also saw what eric was mentioning about the origins of the katrina in this really cool book that i recommend anyone that is mexican or interested in like latino mexican culture it's called the mexican Reader by Gilbert M. Joseph and Timothy. It's like a lot of editors, Henderson as well. It's like history, culture, and politics. It's a really good book. I really think it's worth it. And I'm actually going to read it from cover to cover. So that sounds cool. I might yeah. read it. Maybe that's the next awesome. one in book club. Oh, oh, oh damn, snap. girl. That's going to take us all year. <laughs> <laughs> For those listening, she just showed us the book. It's thick. <laughs> <laughs> I like them thick, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your Instagram. Oh, it's fine for oh, now. Okay. No, so, yeah. no. Stop trying to get me to promote. Stuff. We don't want any. I post for myself. <laughs> Until I finally start my Latino study, whatever I'm trying to do. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll be here to help plug it. So can't wait. Thank you. Shout out to like the Mexican community. Just 
anyone that's listening, which I'm guessing maybe in this episode they would. I'm an immigration attorney and unfortunately not a lot of Mexicans reach out to see their options regarding immigration or possible relief. So reach out to anyone in general. Like there's free consultations wherever you're at. It's sad that like the Mexican community, I don't see it a lot that they reach out to see what their options are. So I just recommend you reach out. It doesn't mean you have to like commit to the attorney or whatever, but just sometimes moving on your case or options earlier than later is better. So I just want to encourage them to reach out and seek an opinion from a professional. Absolutely. Maybe you have some websites that we could possibly link somewhere? Yeah, I can send links too. Yeah, I'll follow up with you and I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, because I think that's really important. All right. Well, as always, we hope you guys had a good time here with us. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared Pod, except Twitter. Twitter is Shaken Scared Pod. You can send us an email at shakingnotscaredpod at gmail.com. You can support the show on Patreon when I'm our next drink after you with mentions on our website page where the drink will live forever. You can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, a bunch of others. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. I don't know if there's any Dia de los Muertos dog treats, but if you can figure that out, send some to Loki. Be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Okay, thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>